Well, welcome to another episode of Gospel Gains, a podcast with a goal in mind of giving you, the student leaders in our campus fellowships, some tips and tidbits for ministry fitness. My name is Mark Fodale. I'm the host of Gospel Gains. After almost 40 years in campus ministry, I still love seeing students come to know and embrace Jesus Christ. I still love equipping you, our student leaders, for more effective and joyful ministry. And I still love leveraging my joys as well as my sorrows in ministry for your gospel gains. And as always, if you have any comments or questions or topics that you would like to see addressed, just shoot me an email at podcast at dm.org. Now, in our last episode, we talked about the necessity of paying close attention to your academic labors if you are to be fruitful in your non-academic gospel labors. If you remember, the key phrase that summarized our discussion was this, faithfulness breeds fruitfulness. In other words, faithfulness in your primary calling as a student will most often lead to fruitfulness in your ministry efforts. He or she who is faithful a little, God will quite often entrust with more. Now, if you recall, last week we put underworkers on center stage. That's right. Those who are tempted to underwork their academic pursuits were placed in the proverbial spotlight. But as promised, today that spotlight will pivot onto those who are tempted to overwork their academics or who find themselves part of a campus that is defined by an overworking culture. Now, my guess and hope is that you overworkers, you know who you are, or at least you should. But you see, here's the predicament that most overworkers face. They don't actually see themselves as overworkers. You know, if asked, most overworkers would say that they are simply being faithful to their call. They are just being responsible as students. Many overworkers would say that they are trying their best to get as much out of the opportunity that college affords them as possible. They will often point to the numerous sacrifices that others have made in enabling them to be in college or even the great lengths they went through in high school to gain admission to their particular college or university. Many overworkers, in my experience, are deeply persuaded that the best way, sometimes the only way, to honor the Lord in their studies is to work for the A. That God's glory is somehow tied to trying to do as much as possible in the time allotted. So think about it this way, whereas underworkers may be tempted to boast in how much time they have in their schedules for, well, sometimes almost anything, an overworker gains a subtle but grim satisfaction from how little margin they have in their life, at least as compared to others. You know, what are some marks of an overworker? Overworkers are often characterized by an urgency, even a breathlessness, about their classes and classwork. If you ask them how they're doing, they most often reply in passing, busy, 
If you were to invite them to a weekend event or a spur-of-the-moment outing, their normal response would be, sorry, I got work to do. Their to-do list is never done. Their days never seem quite long enough. They do most everything on the go. And there's always something else they could and probably should be doing, whether it's working on a lab or studying for an exam or researching or writing a paper or contributing to a group project. Okay, I I think you get my point or my depiction. Now, please know, as I describe the overworker, I am not only describing you or maybe your friends with much love, but I'm describing myself during my first few years in college. That's right. I started college with the overworker brand clearly etched on my frowning forehead. I then shifted gears and and dove headlong into the world of underworking. I alluded to that journey in our last Gospel Gains episode. And then finally, after many years of trips and tumbles and counsel and correction, I joyfully settled into a gospel balance of rest and work. Now, to be sure, I'm not a finished product yet. But I tell you, the lines have most certainly fallen in much more pleasant places in my life and in my labors. And so, dear overworker, I perhaps know you all too well. And so with that familiarity and and affection in mind, may I give you some thoughts as you begin this academic semester? First, ask someone if they think you're an overworker or an underworker. Now make sure that person is wise and and godly and, and can really give an informed, honest answer. And though you may be tempted to argue with their response, just consider, simply consider, could they in fact be right? Second, root your core identity in the gospel of Jesus and not your labors for Jesus. In other words, remind yourself again and again and again that God loves you, not because of your work, but because of Jesus's work. I mean, friend, believe it or not, God isn't impressed with an A. The chorus of heaven doesn't break into wild applause at a summa cum laude. Graduating with honors will not gain you reserved seating near the throne of grace. God is well pleased with those who find their rest and identity in Jesus and then honor him in their labors as a result or overflow of that new and firm foundation. Our labors for the Lord flow from our acceptance by the Lord and are never the grounds of our acceptance with the Lord. So please, make no mistake. God is equally pleased with you when you score a perfect grade as when you blow it on that lab. His pleasure in you has been secured by Jesus, not your GPA. Third, now that your confidence is rooted in Christ, labor hard and labor well for him. You see, see, one extreme is to overwork for the Lord, but the other extreme is to, in the words of a popular poster from my generation, 
to let go and just let God. That's why your goal and my goal and all of life is to honor God in the many different roles and responsibilities he's placed before us. And so for you, your, your primary role is a Christian. And after that, you're, you're a student and a, and a son or a daughter or a friend and a fellowship leader and a, hopefully a church member. Perhaps some of you can add to that list the job you have on campus or maybe the extra roles you have in life. You know, your your Decide Maker staff would no doubt love to help you think through all these categories and help you understand how to serve God in all of them in a way that enables you to both work hard and rest well. Okay, let me give you one final thought before we close, and, and it's it's actually a short story. See, I remember clearly something one of my professors said in one of my hardest classes in seminary. It was Biblical Hebrew 201. Now, for those unfamiliar with the term seminary, a seminary is, is just a school where you do graduate work in theology and ministry. You know, it actually took me nine years to complete seminary. Because though I had started classes part-time as a single, most of the time I was married and Shannon married to Shannon and, and we had three little kiddos. I was in full-time ministry and was often covering four campuses for disciple makers as the ministry was getting established. I'll tell you needless to say, I was busy. I was, to use that old phrase, burning the candle on both ends. But I felt compelled, even driven, to work as hard as I could, as much as I could, to honor God in all that I could. And then came that day in Biblical Hebrew 201, when the professor began the class with these memorable words and wise counsel. You know, he said, to honor God in this class, some of you need to work for an A. But for some of you, to honor God means you have to work for a B. And for others of you, you need to work for a C. Well, let me tell you, I was shocked. Honor God with a C? Oh, listen, I, I know the saying C's get degrees, but how could a C honor the one who loved me and gave himself for me? So after class, I went up to this older, wiser man and asked, what are you talking about? And he patiently explained that God is most honored when we are responsible in everything he's put before us, and not simply the one or two areas where we feel the need to prove ourselves. Mark, he said, you have three kids, a wife and a full-time job. Just go for the sea. And you know what? I did. I not only went for it. <laughs> I got it. And let me tell you, I didn't hear the heavens shake in dismay. I never felt the very foundations of my salvation tremble or totter. No disapproving voice was heard from the throne of God. Dear overworker, you are even now complete in Christ. So invest in your studies for sure, but invest as well in the other tasks and relationships and opportunities that God has put before you. Feel 
the unbelievable freedom of the gospel to say no when you need to say no and to say yes when you need to say yes, all for his glory. 